And now a word from our sponsors at Betterment. If you're listening to my show, you're looking for tips on how to work smarter, not harder. And let's be real, you're already working hard to earn your money, but how do you make sure that your money is working hard for you? Here's how. With a Betterment Automated Investment and Savings app, your money will go to work. They've got technology that will provide you with advanced tools, and they're built to help maximize your returns, not to mention your time. They have expert-built portfolios of low-cost exchange-traded funds. You know I love those exchange-traded funds. There's automated investing technology, and as part of that, automated rebalancing. Many of you have been asking about rebalancing, and it sort of feels like a hard thing to do on your own. With Betterment, easy peasy. They do it for you. Visit Betterment.com to get started. Learn more about high-yield cash accounts at Betterment.com. Investing involves risk, Performance is not guaranteed. Cash reserve offered through Betterment LLC and Betterment Securities. Betterment is not a bank. With Fidelity Wealth Management, a dedicated advisor can work with you on a comprehensive plan to help you reach your wealth's full potential. Plus, you'll have access to specialists in estate planning strategies. So you're not just growing and protecting your wealth, you're sharing it. More at fidelity.com slash wealth. Investment minimums apply. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSE SIPC. Welcome to the Jill on Money podcast. Yeah, I'm back. This is my first program of recording since I'm back from Las Vegas. Uh, and I'm going to bring Mark on to join me to have this quick conversation. Mark, did you miss me? Present, I'm here. Yes, it's it's uh, very strange. I haven't spoken to you in a, quite a while, it seems. A whole week, right? Yeah, exactly a week. No, more than that. Oh, I, right. Since we've actually chatted, I think the last time we chatted was July 23rd. Oh, yeah. yeah, that's when we went out to dinner. That's right. We had such a nice time at dinner. Mark and I, it's the first time we'd seen each other physically in person in uh, since March 2020. That's crazy. Anyway, that was the highlight of my last 10 days. It all went downhill after that. Ladies and gentlemen... This is my mini rant. Las Vegas is a stupid place. Not if you live there. I get if you live there, it's fine. The whole construct of like, let's suspend animation and go be in this place where we have terrible odds and we somehow think that nothing matters and you do dumb things. I hate it, Mark. I hate it. I'm just, I have the wrong personality for it. It's terrible. Can I tell you about my flight out? Go, I'm listening. Okay. I get on the plane. I'm going for an event. I'm going to um, be at a conference. So they're very nice. They pay for me to go fly business first class. I sit down in my aisle seat with my N95 mask on. By the way, for those of you listening who have large of nose, those N95 masks are really uncomfortable. They don't make them for big nosed girls like me. And so I was already not in a great mood. <laughs> 10 o'clock in the morning. Guy comes and sits next to me. He literally looks like Uncle Junior from The Sopranos. We get up in the air. First thing he does is he orders two scotches. Who thinks it's a good idea to have booze on flights before 12 noon? Who thinks that's actually a good idea? That's a terrible idea. Now this dum-dum sitting next to me is drinking. His mask is down, okay? And I'm freaking out. I am completely freaked out about this, Mark. I am so freaked out that like I say to the flight attendant, like this guy has his mask down. Then he orders a third scotch and he tips the flight attendant. <laughs> I've never seen this on a flight in my life. Okay. He literally slips the, this woman like a $10 bill. 
Have you ever seen that, Mark? Yeah, on a plane, yes, I have. I've never seen anyone tip on a plane. That like so belies the whole point of having a flight attendant, which is not to serve you scotch before noon, but is supposed to be for your safety. Okay, take that back now. And so like, let's now go back into the flight. Now he starts talking and he tries to talk to me and I've got my headphones on and my computer open because all I want to do is write and get stuff done. And he's talking to me and then I'm like, I'm so sorry, I'm working. He's like, oh, I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> then he, I said, you know, could you put your mask up over your nose? And he starts yelling at me. He starts oh, yelling boy. at me so much that the three flight attendants come over, none of whom says, Sir, you have to calm down. I believe in science. I thought, I didn't say you didn't believe in science. Put your mask on your gosh darn nose. That's what I'm saying. Put your mask on your nose. I My heart is racing. I'm totally sweating. I'm like sweating it up. Like uh, it's crazy. I'm so uptight. My mask, it hurts. My nose, it does. I felt like, you know, Roseanne Rosanna Dan is like describing Mr. Richard Fetter from Fort Lee, New Jersey. It's like, I got this, I got that, I got that. Like Mr. Richard Fetter, you sound like a real winner. I felt like a real winner on that trip. And then the head flight attendant comes over and says, sir, put your mask on. No more drinking. If you don't, we're going to be diverted and you will be arrested where we, wherever oh we get diverted. The God. entire cabin is like hyper-focused on us, which all I want to do is like melt into my seat. And then he passes out for the next three hours. That is how I began my trip to Las Vegas. Holy cow. I had no idea. Boy, what an adventure. <laughs> Horrible. So what happened when you landed? Did he say anything or you just kind of went your separate ways? I couldn't get my bag out of that that uh, thing quick enough. Get out. I get into the car. They send a car for me from the hotel. I get in the car. I call my girlfriend. I start crying. I literally start crying. I said, I can't do this. I don't know how, why I thought I could do this. I'm so uptight about the, the variant. I don't know how I'm going to do this. Meanwhile, it is not that hot out the first day or so, you know, cause so I could take a walk outside, which was great. It was only like, it was only like 95. So I walked around and then I met all the people, but no one's wearing a mask inside in crowded areas. And mm -hmm. it's shocking. I'm wearing a mask the whole time. And then while I'm there, the CDC changes its guidelines and still nobody's wearing a mask, including people in this group, which was really eye popping to me. Uh, so my next question is going to be, now that you've taken a flight, it doesn't sound like it went all that well. Do you feel more comfortable getting on a flight to go on vacation somewhere? I will not get onto another airplane unless I have to for work. And wow. that is the only way I will do it. What and will so, change that? Uh, time, maybe, and a much lower level of of disease and a much higher vaccination rate. But I came home and I said, you know, I have to get on. I know I have to get on a plane in November. I will be masked up. I will be spending very limited time. But I, I honest to God, felt at risk the entire way. And wow. by the way, like I have an 80 something year old mother. I have a 97 year old mother-in-law. I don't want to get the virus and like be like, oh, I'm not going to die from it. Like, of course, you're not going to die from it. That's the whole point of being vaccinated. But the fact that I could give that to my someone I love and care about. Like, how would I go and like squeeze Theo? You know what I'm saying? Like, how could I do that knowing I was just away? So the first thing I, I took, and I took a red eye home, which is the worst red eye in, in the world because it's only like a four and a half hour flight. I didn't care. I'm like, get me out of here. Get me out of here. This is the land of ding dong, idiotic behavior. And it's sort of like how I feel about fraternities and sororities. As a concept, it's not terrible, but the idea when you put 50 
18 to 21 year olds in a house together, nothing good happens. Same thing about Las Vegas. Very little good happens in Las Vegas. And why are people taking their kids there? It's the worst. Welcome back to our little country. Uh, you know what? I am very happy in my bubble of high vaccination rates. I really am. And for those of you listening and you think this is pissing you off, I'm sorry. I'm really sorry. But like, go out into the world and see what kind of idiotic behavior is out there. They're not bad people, but they are behaving badly. That's what I'm going to tell you. They are behaving badly. That is my rant. I hope you keep this whole thing in and I'll keep it short on the number of questions. Okay, Mark? All right. This is from Heidi, who's going to inherit uh, about $390,000 in a land sale. She says, what am I going to do? My accountant says you need liquid money. So keep it safe to meet my future goal of building a home. Others say put money into a retirement plan, a Roth 457, a 401k, live off the cash. I could possibly retire next year at age 55. I would have a pension. Generally speaking, Heidi, what I would say is if you've got $390,000, the first thing you should do is keep whatever money you think you need to basically have an emergency reserve fund, six to 12 months of your living expenses, pay down any debt, not a mortgage, but a credit card, maybe you signed on a loan for a kid, a college, uh, a car loan, pay that down. And then you want to keep any money you need that you will need for building that home. If the $390,000 is spoken for at that point, then yes, you will absolutely just keep it in boring cash. Go to depositaccounts.com and you can keep that money in safe places. If there's more, if maybe you say, well, I've got all that stuff accounted for, Jill, and now I maybe need half of the money, then you could put the other half into retirement funds. So it really depends on A, what your cash needs are going to be, and B, how much money you've already saved in retirement. Because, you know, if you're really going to essentially retire next year, maybe you don't even need to use the retirement account. I don't know. I do need some more information. Okay. Uh, Becky says, my husband was a stay-at-home dad for over a decade, but in December started back to work full-time. So listen to this, Mark. Income went from $65,000 to one fifteen dollars overnight. They were living paycheck to paycheck before this. They're not in a great financial position. Uh, they're 43 and 42. And before we get used to having disposable income, I want to live like we still make sixty-five grand and fix things. The problem is there are so many issues. I don't know where to start. Okay, Mark, ready to start? They've got $15,000 in credit card debt and car loans and a mortgage. 401ks. She's only been putting about 3% to max out the employer match. Um, and she's got a couple of old accounts, no emergency savings, two kids, no college. They've outgrown their 1100 square foot house. They move, need to move sooner rather than later. No life insurance will end of planning if something happens to us. Okay. <sighs> All right, Becky, let me start at the bottom. You need a will and a power of attorney and a healthcare proxy. You can do that. And you also need life insurance. So I'm going to suggest that you go to one of our sponsors, uh, policygenius.com, where you can run some life insurance calculators, get some term life insurance for both you and your husband. Easy. At that same exact website, policygenius.com, go do your estate documents right away, immediately. It should be easy. Okay. I'm going to skip the house for a second. Don't worry about college savings for the kids. Okay. 
your first thing to do is now that you have this extra cash flow is that you're going to take that extra money that you have, right? You're going to say, hey, you know, I got this extra 60 grand, whatever that take home is, you're going to split it. Half of it is going to go into emergency reserves. Half of it is going to pay down your credit card debt. And you're going to do that highest interest credit card to lowest interest credit card. So half of the money that he's bringing in, half goes to the credit card debt, highest interest first, half goes to emergency reserve. Once the credit card debt is paid down, half goes to the car loan, half goes to emergency reserve. Once that's paid down, half to the student loan, half to emergency reserve. Now, once all the debt is paid off, you continue to fully fund your emergency reserve until you have six to 12 months of your living expenses in that account. All right. So you've paid down your debt. Once you have the emergency reserve fund, then you're going to kick up your 401k contribution to probably 10%, may even be more, uh, but I'm going to, I'm going to guess it's going to be 10, maybe 15%. And that's what you're going to do. And while you are at it in terms of cleaning up, take the previous employer counts that you had, the previous 401ks, and roll those into your current employer plan, whatever it is. I don't even care. Just take the old plan. You contact the new plan. Say, I have two old 401ks from previous employment. They will walk you through how you can combine them into your current plan. And then you are going to be set. Once all that stuff is done and fixed, then you're going to think about the house. You're going to delay moving into that house Forget about sooner rather than later. Later is what's going to happen. You are going to fix these problems. This is called financial triage, okay? You're going to fix the problems that exist. You're going to be grateful that you have done so. And then you're going to think about once all those things are done, how you are going to actually figure out whether or not you can afford to move into a larger house. Because what I really want you guys to do is even if you've outgrown that house, listen, you only have a couple kids. So I don't know how 1,100 square foot sounds like a little, but I know, you know, families of four in New York City that live in apartments that are 900 square feet. So I know that that sounds harsh, but Mark, is there any reason why you think we have to put the house ahead of these other priorities? No, to me, that's just a classic example of people having more money. Oh, hey, look, we got money. Let's go get a house. No, no, no to the house. No to the house. So get back in touch with us when you've gotten these things completed. Okay. Uh, Doug writes, I had to laugh when you chastised the guy with $5 million goal for retirement. You said it seems so random. And he says, I also have a $5 million target for retirement. It may seem random, but it's based on $5 million being more than I will ever need. I hope I will ensure I have the freedom to accomplish my retirement goals of living at least at the level I'm living at pre-retirement while being able to do any whim I want, support any charity I want, support children in any way I want, support my future grandchildren. Is it random? Probably, but I feel comfortable based on my pre-retirement lifestyle that a $5 million target will afford me that flexibility. Thanks so much. I really, really enjoy your show. Doug, here's why it's random. I don't think that it's a problem to say $5 million is the goal, okay? Because you might say to yourself, okay, let's, let's, let's just sort of look at this. You say to yourself, you know, if I had $5 million, which could throw off $150 grand a year, Maybe it's 125 grand a year that you really, you want to be really, really conservative. 
It's going to throw off 125 grand a year with my social security. That's more than I need. That's great. But like, if you only need like 50 grand a year, picking 5 million is a dumb thing to do. Not dumb. It just seems like it's, it puts added pressure on you for no reason. I'm really in the mindset here that I want to encourage people to stop comparing yourself with anyone else and to be really thoughtful about how you are pushing ahead, achieving your goals that are based on something, something clear cut. Okay. Does that make sense, Mark? You know what I mean? Like when I say random, like I like a number that generates, like I like there to be the basis on which I'm trying to achieve a goal, not just some popped up. Now, yo, I really want $50 million. Like I'd like $50 million. Unfortunately, my father and mother didn't accumulate that much money. Poor me. But you know, it, it seems silly. Like, why would I just put a number out in thin air? I want a number that means something. I, I get it. I get both sides of the argument. I get why people do this. They just think $5 million, Oh my God, that's enough to last me for the rest of my life. You know what happens once they get to $5 million, They're like, eh, what I really meant was $8 million. That's why I think it's it's a slightly dangerous way to to think about it. I don't see it. Yeah, I don't. I don't think that way. I just, for me personally, I'm just like keep doing what I'm doing, and when I get to that age, I should be good to go. Yeah, exactly. As long as I leave you a ton of money for Theo's education, it'll be great. <laughs> <laughs> you don't need me. All right, that's it. I, my rant really used up too much time, so I I will not rant too much more. If you have a a uh, a similar view of Las Vegas, share it with us. If you love La- Las Vegas, then continue to enjoy it. That's fine, but wear a mask when you go there. Okay. Uh, if you have a question, send it to us. Ask Jill at jillonmoney.com. And you can go to our website, jillonmoney.com. We've got a contact button and uh, you can reach us that way. Let us know if you'd like to join us on the air because Mark does the rest. We'll bring you on the air with us. It's fantastic. While you're on the website, please sign up for our free weekly newsletter. Check out our other podcasts, the Eye on Money podcast. It's great. And um, let's try to do something nice for someone else today. And uh, here's my nice thing I'm going to do today for you guys, which is I'm going to calm down. I'm going to get much more positive as we come into the weekend. And I'm especially going to be positive because I'm going on vacation soon, which I cannot wait to do. All right. Remember, grit, growth, grace, and gratitude. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Tomorrow.